This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGDE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny, and two very special guests that I want to introduce one at a time. First of all, we have Tim Lake. And Tim, tell me what you are again. You're the orchestra manager. I'm the production manager for the orchestra. The production so I manager. The technical details. Now, you're you're talking much more meekly than you were before because you told me you were in charge of the whole day thing. Felicia then... told me that I was too <laughs> loud. And then, well, the whole thing went downhill yeah. from there. Sorry about that. Yeah. And then we have Joan Weiler, right? Yes. And Joan, you and I have not met before. Right. So when we do our magic trick, they'll know that, that it hasn't been pre planned, right? Okay. Now, you are in charge of bassoons, is that right? Well, I, I I would like to think I'm in charge of bassoons, but no. Um, Bassoon reads. Yeah. Um, I am um, a bassoonist with the Toledo Symphony. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Now, you and I are kindred souls because I was a bassoonist oh, for a long see. time. So I sort of know my way around a bassoon. Not quite as well as you do, I I'm sure. I had a nightmare the other night about bassoons. <laughs> this is my recurring nightmare. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting with two bassoonists. Really? Oh, I was the and there are no windows, and I had no idea how to play it. And I was like, "Whisper key, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get back. Let's get on topic, shall we? Because we do have a topic for today, and that is the upcoming concert of the Indigo Girls, Yay. which is happening on Friday, June first. That's coming up in just a couple of days, my friends. It's eight o'clock p.m. at the Stranahan Theater. They're going to be performing some of their greatest hits. But uh, so this is a, a really wonderful event, and and it's, it's sort of where you know folk music meets classical music, and they both complement each other into an experience that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. Now I said before we got on the uh, on the podcast that yeah, a lot of Indigo Girls fans are going to want to go to this concert, but maybe people who don't know that much about Indigo Girls, or maybe have just heard their songs here and there, uh, would be interested in coming to. Uh, see the concert as well. So I definitely fall in that latter category because I didn't know anything about them outside of maybe a couple of songs before I came in here. But Joan, in addition to being uh, in charge of bassoons, you also know a lot about Indigo Girls, right? Well, I mean, I know, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, I I just know... Um, Joan, you're, you're selling yourself short here. Uh, I, I drove in behind you and fan. you were jamming in your car. And I, I could tell by the way you were moving your head what yeah. album you were listening yes. to. Yeah. Yes. Um, really? Wow. That's quite a talent. I, Zach knows things he shouldn't know, yes. quite frankly. It's a little scary. That's sort of like a weird form of phrenology. You know what I'm talking about? Where you like examine the bumps on somebody's head? Or you just look at the way they're nodding their head. And this you, is closer to fine. Yeah. Yes. You can tell. But it only works for the Indigo Girls or like if they're bobbing their head to Mahler? You could figure I, out which it, symphony it is. It's very confusing with Mahler. I can do it with Benny Goodman, uh, maybe Artie Shaw, but, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know. It's a, I'm sure it's a useful talent at times. It's not. So, <laughs> Joan, we were, I, I'm sorry, Joan, we left you in the lurch there. Oh, hey, Joan. Oh, you were telling hey. us about your expertise with Indigo Girls. Um, well, I mean, I, uh, I actually, you know, uh, discovered them a, a little later than uh, when they first started, but um, I think I uh, discovered them uh, shortly after their album Shaming of the Sun was released, so maybe around 1998, something like that. See, already you you know infinitely more than I do. <laughs> and I um, 
I also bought uh, at the same time Swamp Ophelia, <laughs> that both of the CDs at the time, and um, I just you know I I grew up on. Uh, not classical music, so it's a little unusual that I'm a classical musician, but I, no. I grew up on, you know, rock and roll, folk mm -hmm. music. Uh, so. Yeah, because there's a lot of bassoon in that, as we uh, know. I, yes. <laughs> uh, you were rocking out on that bassoon. <laughs> well, there, there was the one song, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of it right now, but they definitely <laughs> had bassoon the, in it. Um, the the one an rock and roll Indigo song Girls? that yes. has bassoon yes. in it? Yeah. Yeah. Really? By the Indigo Girls? No, 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 okay, not no. Indigo Girls. Right of Spring, perhaps? No, no. 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 <laughs> That is a rock song, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it, is a rock, it is the classical rock song. Okay. Um, but uh, I, um, I just love their, uh, their sound, uh, their voices. I play guitar and sing myself, so okay. to see two women up there, and they were and are around my age, so it, it was uh, uh, highly intriguing for me, and uh, their, their vocals... Uh, are uh, just amazing. Yeah, so, uh, and the they both play guitar, and they have this 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 sort of acoustic uh, thing going on that. Every, but but it sounds so much larger than what you yeah. see. You know, they get a big full sound out of those guitars. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, they uh, very well may have uh, other instruments backing them up. I'm I'm not uh, positive. Kazoo, kazoo that, perhaps. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they I'm do not. They're not head. coming in with a band. If that's what you mean, a band behind them. Yeah. Oh, that's oh not like today. Okay. Yes, yeah, but, I mean, but Tim, happening. do they have any kazoos? Um, Speaking you know, of kazoos, they're, they're, I have an addition to my soundboard. See if you can tell me what this is. <laughs> that's, that's. I don't. I. That's what? not nice. But, <laughs> but what is that? Wait. Let's hear no, it again. No. 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 What am I listening to? I am speechless. It is Tim. Um, I think the the answer is it's a mallard duck <laughs> swimming in Olander Park, uh, or sinking. <laughs> this was this was one one of our earlier episodes where we had to play kazoo. We had to play Schubert songs on kazoo, and. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mean to make fun of you, Felicia, at all, but it, it, was, uh -huh. it was so yeah, right. it was so funny. <laughs> that was meant as a compliment, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just adorable the fact, to see you try Aww. to play the kazoo and you couldn't get it to work. But what's funny is like it's when because I because I had to undo it could have years been of trying to play the oboe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to unlearn everything for the kazoo. I know kazoo. It, so, exactly. Yeah. It's the maybe double read, read reads. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A thing. yeah. It could have been you on kazoo or me on a microphone during allergy season. It could have been either one. <laughs> So I guess the question is, Joan, as a reed instrumentalist, yes. can you play a kazoo? You know, I don't know. Do we have a kazoo? Oh, if only we had one. Well, you, you usually, you know, I almost called you ahead of time, Zach, and said, bring the kazoos. But okay. I wasn't quite sure how that was going to go You should have signed, I... signed the bat symbol up in the sky. That's yeah. when I know to bring the kazoos. A kazoo, a big yeah. kazoo. Yeah. So Indigo Girls. Yeah. Indigo Girls, indeed. Okay, back to Indigo Girls. So I decided I had to do a little prep for this session because I didn't know anything about Indigo Girls. Uh, really. So I went online and I took an Are You an Indigo Girls fan quiz. <laughs> and and I basically just, you know, used they got educated guesses. These days. Educated, exactly. Educated guesses, um, you know, and mostly just guessing. And I, I failed the quiz. They, oh, they I thought said, you scored 100 <laughs> I, or no, something. No, <laughs> I got less than 50%, I think, which they considered a fail. But I learned a lot in doing that, you know, as we often do. There are no mistakes, just opportunities for learning. 
the only time I ever won tickets on the radio to anything really? was to see the Indigo Girls in Boston, uh, probably 2005. And it was the greatest concert. Did you have to answer a question? To get I had to be the third caller it? and identify the song. And I think it was Kid Fears or something like that yeah. from the first couple notes. With uh, Michael Stipe. Right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, look what hey, you wow. know. I learned some <laughs> wow. things doing the quiz. Speaking of which, oh. it's time for a little quiz. <laughs> this is by Mahler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Indigo Mahler. I, I, I have this, like, this feeling that just comes... Over me every time I hear this. It's pure joy. It's pure joy. I want you to know. Some people would call it joy, (laughs) and others would call it something different. I love it. Once you started playing that, Brad, I saw Tim and Joan start bobbing their heads. (laughs) Exactly. Did you know what what album it was? Yeah, it was from Indigo Girls by (laughs) Gustav Mahler. Yeah. Indigo Mahler. Okay, so I'm going to do a little quiz here. Uh, from Indigo Girls. I'm not going to give you multiple choice because we have Joan here. I'm sure she knows the answers to all of these, right? So I'm just going to ask you the question outright, and then you see if you can come up with it. So what category of music are the Indigo Girls uh, categorized as? What genre of music? Contemporary folk. Contemporary folk. There you go. That's good. Okay. Uh, second question. When uh, when did the Indigo Girls first meet? Oh, wasn't this Ooh. in high school? It was, no, fifth, it was in, fifth grade. yeah, they were fifth elementary. Grade. They were in oh, Atlanta yeah. or Decatur yeah. or something like that. So what's the in answer? Atlanta. Prior to today. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to today. <laughs> See, we're up against the pro here. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sure one of you got it right. Now, what name Down. did the Indigo Girls first perform under? Before they were the Indigo Girls, they were, well, at one time they went by their last names, right? Sort of like a comedy duo. Sailors Ray? Sailors and Ray is what they went by at one time. But they were also known as the Uh, B Band. Well, Joan, you knew that. Why didn't you speak up? I just just saw it. Joan is cheating. (laughs) I'm cheating. I just saw it. Okay. You saw it. Are you looking looking at my sheet? Oh, you're looking it up on your phone. I just saw it right here. That's no fair. (laughs) She phoned a friend, Brad. Yep, I phoned a friend. Okay. In which U.S. city were the Indigo Girls living when they took their band name in 1985? I We're, always think they're from Atlanta. They are from yeah. Atlanta. That's right. You know, they have a song, Finley. Is it? Isn't? Don't they have a song, do. Finley? And I was like, mm-hmm. Finley, Ohio. I don't think it is. <laughs> no. Hmm. Finley. Is it spelled that way? It is. It's like nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, look that up. During this next question, <laughs> what was the? Uh, what was the 1987 debut album by the Indigo Girls? What was the title of their this debut one is, album? This one is problematic because there are actually two. Okay. So th- there, there's one that's just called Indigo Girls, and the other is called Strange Fire. Strange Fire was released after the Indigo Girls got their major label uh, debut, but it was recorded first. Okay, so what was their debut album? Indigo Girls. <laughs> okay, well, this says Strange Fire, but that's fine. You can have it. <laughs> Fine, we'll give it to you. Was, was Indigo Girls like a pre-release EP? Did it come out? I think Strange Fire was. And if you listen to it, it sounds like it was rec- recorded in a, yeah, a smaller track yeah, in a right. garage. Yeah, okay. Uh, All right. So. so just a couple more questions here. Now, Indigo Girls have been in, in popular media, and they were on a popular TV comedy show in 1994 as themselves. I think as themselves. Do you know what uh, show that was? No. Saturday Night Live? <laughs> 
No, they have been on Saturday. Were they Night on Live. the Muppet Show? I don't know if they were on the Muppet Show or not. Were they on Sesame Street? No, maybe Office. They were wasn't on. Around. You remember uh, Ellen DeGeneres' old sitcom show? Oh they were yeah. On her show? yeah, yeah. Uh, what okay. was it called? Ellen. Oh. No, that's her. New, that, that's her show now. What okay. was the the original one? I think it Probably was called Ellen, Ellen too. DeGeneres show something like Maybe. that yeah mm, you have the 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 device the screen but i'm there. using it for it for good not for evil <laughs> <laughs> well okay a couple more questions the indigo girls appeared as themselves in what 1995 movie ellen <laughs> indigo girls strange fire <laughs> sorry none of the above the answer is boys on the side Huh. I never I've saw never that movie. I've never heard of that. Hmm. Did you? Yeah. Well, it was a movie. 1995? Yeah. So the Indigo Girls have also been in a novel. Can you tell me <laughs> what author? A very well-known author. The Dost- genre is Dostoyevsky. horror. Stephen King. Stephen King. <laughs> horror. Yeah. Really? Nice work. I was, yeah. I was guessing. Wow. They were in a Stephen King wow. You novel. went there before you even said horror. You were ready. <laughs> I was, yeah. Is that on your phone? Hold on. No. It's not even on it's your phone. Not. It's amazing. It was wow. telepathy. <laughs> that was really exciting. <laughs> oh my God. Brad can't contain his excitement. <laughs> See, this well, is that's... what happens when we don't have multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, Joan wins. No, Joan wins. <laughs> Every time. That's Every about time. all the time that we have. <laughs> for <laughs> you Joan, you, you, you probably won't be asked back if you keep winning. Yes, that's the, that's the plan. Symphony <laughs> Yeah, if I'd have thought about it, I would have brought in some bassoon sound effects. All I've got here are trombones, right, because of Elaine Trudell. But, you know, when we had Giordano Bellincampi in here, he was He's a trombone. He's a huge too. Indigo Girls fan. Uh, is he really? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I wondered about that. But uh, he was a trombonist, and he said his first conducting job, he got it because his friend was a trombone soloist, and he was afraid that all the other conductors wouldn't know this music. So he looked for a trombonist to conduct it. And I was like, you know, that's like the little trombone mafia going on. Is, do you think there's like a bassoon mafia out there? Or maybe a double reed mafia, Felicia, if you want to get on in on this. Is oh, there sort of like me. a – is there a secret <laughs> I society? I think there's actually a group out there called bassoon mafia. Really? A bassoon hmm. quartet, bassoon mafia. And if there isn't, uh, I'll, I will be There will be tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I'll be creating that. Well, uh, Tim Lake is here with us. Tim, you have anything you want to add to this podcast today? <laughs> Have are I been useless thus far? Are, are you, are <laughs> That's you an, awesome. An, uh, now, would you consider yourself an Indigo Girls uh, fan? Um, I'm definitely a fan of the genre. I'm not in, completely attached to them like many of us, like Joan was alluding to. Um, when you work in music, you sometimes lose track of the popular soundtrack, the cultural soundtrack that's mm-hmm. behind you. Yeah. And that is the case. I caught up with a lot of music after my youth that I missed because I was working. So... During my youth, like like Joan, I was I mean attached to rock and roll. I was attached to a, a lot of the music that was, quite frankly, as I was coming up in Gen X, a lot of the music was just big business, and it was just sold to us. Mm. Um, and then along, obviously, came take off the spandex, put on a flannel shirt, and there you go. There's grunge. But there's this beautiful moment. And wait a minute. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> take off take the spandex, put on the flannel shirt, and there's grunge. What, what, what's hard to grunge? understand oh, about God. that? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Let me explain that again. <laughs> no, I, it's, so there, there's, this, there's always this cultural backlash. And one of the beautiful things that came out of that era was the resurgence of folk, which mm-hmm. happens often and frequently. But this story is told to me and to me personally 
constantly as it's it's driven by the female singer singer songwriter during that era. And I don't think you can have that conversation. I don't think you can make a list without mm-hmm. mentioning Amy and Emily right in that same breath. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm incredibly looking forward to this music. So many of my friends are looking forward to this music, and that's that's what makes me a fan. But the Indigo uh, Girls is really for like all generations. Yeah. I remember. I think it was a week ago, Zach and I spoke with um, our mayor Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he was working with a young guitarist and they were jamming on guitar together and they were trying to figure out a song that they both knew so that they could, you know, play together and sing together. And, you know, he would name a song and the kid would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they landed on an Indigo Girls song. I don't know which one it was, wow. but that was what they had in of common. All the songs, yeah. Yeah, I think it was great. Galileo. It was Galileo. I could be wrong. He should really be here with us. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you say Galileo, I'm thinking of Bohemian and Rhapsody. You know, <laughs> Galileo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, it's not, not that. Not that one. No. Um, but interestingly <laughs> enough, so the Indigo Girls have recorded a an album with symphony. It's a Colorado uh, University of Colorado Symphony Orchestra. Um, the album won't release until the end of June, so mm-hmm. after our concert, of course. But mm-hmm. you can listen to Galileo. That's the preview track that you can listen to on uh, you know choose your favorite music device. And uh, you can also go on YouTube and watch a music video of it. And it's really amazing yeah. to see how you take this great sound of guitars and move it to a symphony orchestra and you layer on top of that those priceless harmonies that they are so well known for Mm -hmm. it's just magical i wanted to talk a little bit about that because um (laughs) being folk musicians and the folk genre uh in general i think lends itself more to the symphonic treatment than perhaps other genres Mm -hmm. uh in in a real kind of classically oriented way yeah well i mean it was popular too you think about um in the in the 70s folk Seeing there are a lot of people who are playing guitars with with symphony uh, with with string orchestras behind them. John Denver did it famously. Neil Diamond yeah. did it famously, and that was just kind of the sound. And it sounds so good. Yeah. Um, but it's you know if if you look at the set list, it's very similar to what we'll we'll be working with. You have um, great songs like "The Power of Two and "Galileo," "Chicken Man," one of my favorite songs from "Rites of Passage." Um, you see that. Kid Fears comes back, Ghost comes back, and then, of course, they finish with Closer to Fine, which is perhaps yeah, one of my Desert Island songs. Yeah. So what does it take to, Tim, what does it take to, you know, meld together two singers, guitars, and a whole orchestra? <laughs> We've done this sort of thing before. <laughs> true, true. Um, but it's typically what happens when you sign a contract is you receive what is called a writer. Mm-hmm. And in that writer is Ooh, mostly, I want to hear about this. Oh, no, you're not going to hear about Do you have to yeah. like sort the M&Ms by color or you know, anything like that? You would be surprised how many times you come that close. But, yeah. you know, yeah. Actually, what, what's really great about, about their specific writer, as long as we're talking, you know, catering and stuff like that, is they're very ecologically conscious. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really heartwarming to no me to see. No styrofoam? No styrofoam, and please, no plastic water bottles, because those are the oh. bane of my existence. So they don't want any of that backstage? No, and that's fantastic. Well, that's good. I'm glad, yeah. yeah, I'm glad of that. What, what's the strangest thing in that writer that you can tell us about? I can't tell you anything in the writer. <laughs> Ooh, what is did. the strangest? Just make writer something up. I mean, point <laughs> from another. Not, not not related to the Indigo Girls. What's the strangest say, yeah. writer thing you've had to? Yeah. 
We've had some fun things in the writer. We've had, a, um, I mean, one of the things that I thought was just kind of just cute was Pat Benatar's writer, um, which basically said that, look, she's going to eat off of everyone's plate in every room you put out, so just don't put onions in anything, okay? And it was like, Pat will graze. And wow. it's just, it's kind of cute. It's a, you know, those little things. Um, in the Indigo Girls writer, yeah, no, there's there's nothing you need to know I like about. the grazing <laughs> There's thing. nothing you need to know. I mean, now, if we all had our own individual writers, right, for when you went somewhere, if you had to write, what would be at the top of your list? Would Kazoos. You, yeah, okay, Zach would, would want everybody to have a kazoo. Caffeine and Wi-Fi. Felicia would want everybody not to have a kazoo. <laughs> she would want to have them banned from the premises. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Now, what'd you say? I said caffeine and Wi-Fi. Joan, how about you? Uh, um, pure water. Pure water. <laughs> okay. As opposed to that dirty, muddy water yeah. they serve over there. At, He's a great guy. Wait, is, is that a brand? Did you just? No, no just uh, purified water. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Purified water. <laughs> so, Tim, give us your favorite Indigo Girls song. It's really closer to fun. Just genuinely for the sheer poetry of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My sister had that on uh, that album on a cassette, and my dad, I think, took it, which is kind of you know reverse of how it usually works. And I remember just driving around in the early '90s, listening to that with all the windows down, doing the 475 loop, and having that song be over and over again. And there was some lyric that we had to keep going back and listening to. We didn't know if it was. Um, closer to some infinitive or closer to the definitive. Or oh, that one goes by oh, so it's fast. It's almost splitting, out of time. splitting the infinitive. I don't know. Wow. Joan just produced the lyrics. <laughs> Is it like I seek my source for some definitive? How did you know to have that in your pocket? I seek there? my source for some definitive. Do you have lyrics for all of the I told you uh, she was all right. <laughs> she was bopping around in, in her car to this. No, yeah. it's just you know, for for me the, this song, um, you know, just like uh, Tim was saying, um, is there's just something about this song uh, to me that's magical. And, um, you know, for me, most of the time when I listen to a song uh, for at least the first 500 uh, listens, it's mainly about the music, and mm. then I get to the lyrics. Mm. Um, and uh, this song, you know, I, I think it talks about things that are kind of being revealed actually uh, more these days than even... Some of it does seem predictive, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's almost like they were uh, predicting, you know. Uh, they were prophets. Yeah, right. And um, the line for me is, uh, there's more than one answer to these questions pointing me in a crooked line. Um, so I just think so So much of us are so uh, tunnel vision, and, and we only see one way for everything. Mm -hmm. And if... Uh, you know, if we only opened our minds a little bit more to yeah. see that there are so many other possibilities for yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I just think, you know, that that's kind of what they were alluding to there. And music is a great vehicle for messages like yes. that. Oh, and, a, and a great percentage of the song is, I mean, prior to that, is essentially a, a list, a grocery list of ways I tried to get my questions answered. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's just right. fantastic. And one of the best uses of the throwaway yeah. It is a great use of yeah. It's also a fantastic use of Rasputin, by that the way. <laughs> Quite frankly. I mean, a poster just, of Rasputin and a beard down to his knees. Uh, yes. Oh, come on. Wow. Talking about predictive, which is just, yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tim's face. If you can the, the, see it. the better thing to do, Brad, would be to play that 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 clip right now. Yeah, I don't have that clip. So. You, you can add that. clip. This is the closest I could get. So the closer you can get, like. to play it on kazoo. Yeah. Hey, listen. No. He said Rasputin, and I was, you know, I was right there. <clears throat> All right. So. Well, it's wow. interesting that you listened to the music prior before mm-hmm. the lyrics. Him, yes. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> That's interesting, Joan, that you listen to the music before the lyrics because I'm I'm the opposite. And so is my daughter. Yeah, I yeah. lyrics um, get to me first, and then you know the music follows, mm. and that's what I choose to add to my playlist: songs that really resonate with me. Yeah. And for this one in particular, I, I mean, as you said before, it's you know searching for the meaning in life, and I found. To me, it seemed like they went back full circle, almost back to the beginning. And it makes me think of like me on my career path or or trying to figure out what yeah. to do next in life. And then I find the most joy in like the beginning, like the birth of a baby or something like that. Sure. Well, a song speaks to you. Yeah. Right. right? And, and that's why people love songs and why they, you know, and the folks that pay attention to the lyrics, I think the there's a lot of uh, stuff to be explored in that music. But getting back to the symphony concert, how did this concert come to to be? Were they sort of shopping it around to different symphonies? Do you know the story of why they started doing symphonies at all? I think they're they're coming to the point in their career where um they've they've conquered so many mountains. They've released so many top 40 hits. They've had so many awards and and this is like the next logical thing. What can we do to expand our sound? And 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 try something different. And you, you, this is not the sort of thing you do when you're just starting out because it's easy to get wrong. And this is the sort of thing that if you're as musical as these two women are, and you're as accomplished as these two women are, there's this great uh, balance and delicacy of the perfect amount of of rock and roll and a perfect amount of lyricism from an orchestra. And if you get that balance just right, it comes off as being very sincere and it can capture something that you can't do in a studio with a couple guitars and a set of drums. And, you know, if I, if I listen to the Galileo and I, I imagine what their, their song, their songs sound like, um, we talked earlier about how they make such a big sound with such few instruments and I'm very excited to hear how they make a big sound with many instruments now. Yeah. Um, so I was very excited when, when we were approached to to participate in this project. And and I've been a huge fan, so you know, obviously I was excited for that. But I think that this allows us to say something yet again, very new and very meaningful to our audience. And the orchestration, it's not you know these two singers with guitars in front of the orchestra. The orchestration really unites all musicians on stage so it's but they're still playing guitar right or they are yeah, they it's not like it's not yeah. like some of our pops concerts necessarily where we yeah. have we have almost an entire band standing on the other side of sound shields mm-hmm. and then the orchestra is almost feels like an afterthought behind the the plexiglass walls mm-hmm. that's not what this will sound like it's not what it'll look like or feel like either. yeah um we're trying to maintain the authenticity of what the indigo girls have always brought to their music um both in look and sound so there's i mean that's some of the complication that sounds like a great experience and and this is you know the the final of our spotlights for this year so last year we finished the year with renee fleming uh, just about a year ago uh, this year, we brought Audrey McDonald, we brought Kathleen Battle, and we bought the Indigo Girls. So as we programmed that that quartet, we really thought about this as this is the greatest set of female voices 
of a generation. And, mm. and this is our, our last crack at it. We've had two opera singers, one of whom sang spirituals, one Broadway phenom, and now two of the most important folk rock singers. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled to see if you think of it from that quartet perspective, uh, the, that quartet of programs, uh, this is a really nice way to end. I'm really proud of what we've done this year with that. Very yeah. good. We're talking about the Indigo Girls. They are performing in concert with the Toledo Symphony. That's this Friday, June 1st at 8 o'clock p.m. It's happening at the Stranahan Theater. They're going to be performing some of their greatest hits along with the orchestra. Sarah Jobin at the podium. And you can find more information at ToledoSymphony.com or call them up, 419-246-8000. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org or subscribing on Apple Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Felicia Canny, Tim Lake, and Joan Weiler. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.